Welcome to Murder Avenue. Welcome to Murder Avenue. Thank you, as always, for joining me. My name is Patrick Michael, and this is a true crime podcast where we try to give it to you in the most digestible way. So there is going to be some humor. There is going to be some interesting things. But today, the entertainment factor is a part of the story. Because the person who is who committed these crimes was very much a fan of film himself. Now, this isn't the first time we've heard of somebody who was inspired by a movie to do bad things. This is probably just one of the youngest ones, okay? We've all heard of somebody playing too much Grand Theft Auto and doing the Grand Theft Auto things, or somebody listening to too much Eminem, Marilyn Manson, watching too many Steven Seagal movies, too much Fast and the Furious. They, they responded in a negative way to something that is merely entertainment. And this isn't the first time. But this particular case was very difficult to do. It's going to be kind of hard to get through. It's a very weird, tragic story. But that is what we're here for. This is a true crime podcast. This is Murder Avenue. And today we're going to be talking about a fellow by the name of Michael Hernandez. Who is a movie buff. A movie lover. Was inspired by film. And that film inspired him too. Do some really tragic things, do some really horrible things, and that's what we're here to discuss. So thank you again for listening. Let's dive into this. Michael Hernandez was a promising young student in Florida until he decided he wanted to become a serial killer. He would start with a classmate. According to court documents, Michael Hernandez would lead the student to a school washroom where he proceeded to stab him to death. This teen killer would soon be arrested, and his story fell apart quickly. Hernandez would be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The 14-year-old that was accused of killing a classmate recorded his violent obsessions, fixations on prayer and details, plans for self-improvement in a journal made public by prosecutors. At the bottom of the printout on mass murderers, Michael Hernandez scrawled this message, and I quote, will become a serial killer. The journal released by Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office following public records requests offers a glimpse into the conflicted mind of the eighth grader who dwelled on common teenage problems such as acne and homework 
but also fixated on cults and murder. It also might shed light on how a straight-A student allegedly could murder his best friend, then confess to detectives, but offer no explanation. According to police, Hernandez packed a serrated knife and a latex glove in his book bag before heading off to school, where he stabbed 14-year-old Jamie Goh in the boys' bathroom on February 3rd. Uh, Goh bled to death in the bathroom stall. A grand jury indicted Hernandez on a first-degree murder charge for the slang. He will be tried as an adult. Now, defense attorney Richard Rosenbaum said the release of his client's journal could hamper his ability to find an impartial jury because there is a lot of stuff in this journey, uh, journal, such as 41 pages that were finally released. Uh, comes across that Hernandez is a troubled boy who was largely preoccupied with death, uh, perfection, and compiling lists. The documents were released in accordance with state law to make much of the prosecution's evidence public after it's given to defense attorneys. Hernandez, Hernandez compiled exhaustive lists of violent video games and movies. He kept instructions for making Molotov cocktails and explosives. He doodled crosses on some pages and wrote white power under a swastika on ruled school paper. Hernandez is Hispanic. So that's conflicting, I'd say. Uh, one page seems to be a lengthy to-do list in which he reminds himself to work out every day, read the Bible, worship and pray, uh, learn to draw, switch pens every two weeks, and learn to be a pimp. So just learn to get girls, I guess. Another is a list of things he strives to be. Perfect, dark, psychotic, isolated, smart, sophisticated, exact. Some pretty deep thoughts there from an 8th grader. Uh, another page is filled with short phrases that detail conflicted thoughts such as carve cross, take right eye, leave note, stay alone, never forget, uh, never forget God ever, have a cult and plan a mass kidnapping for new world, and be an expert, expert thief. Uh, there's even a list of jobs he might have been interested in at the time such as psychologist, vice president of a company, or anything that pays. So, like, anything then? Uh, the final ten pages of the journal resemble, resemble unfinished lists with the headings weapons, body counts, names, and what was done. Uh, a local forensic psychologist who has testified in child murder cases before said the journal seems to be a work of an angry and deeply disturbed teen obsessed with perfection and death. The boy's preoccupation with religion, coupled with his fixation on body sculpting, suggests he uh, struggled with the need to overcome an intense self-loathing. So he didn't like himself. Uh, Haber, who reviewed the journal entries but does not know Hernandez, says there's something crying out in, uh, in here that says, Look at me. I've done it. And I'd like to be around to see what happens when you see what I've done. Now, for the juvenile suspects, uh, for the juvenile sus uh, suspects, uh, both perspectives need to be reconciled, Harper said. Uh, but the justice system has increasingly not allowed for that. If convicted, Hernandez could receive the life sentence, as we know he has. 
Uh, but Hernandez's fate could be a different one if the Broward County legislator can successfully change sentencing guidelines, which allows teenagers who commit life uh, life sentencing crimes could possibly receive parole. On February 3rd, 2004, Michael Hernandez was an 8th grade student in a gifted program at Southwood Middle School. That morning, a fellow student walked into a bathroom on the second floor of the school. He saw Hernandez washing his hands. And the student also saw in the reflection of a mirror, another student collapsed in the toilet stall with blood on the floor. The student asked Hernandez if he had seen the body, and Hernandez replied, Yes, we should tell somebody. Hernandez then left the bathroom and went to class, while the other student hurriedly notified school officials so Hernandez sees the body but he's not going to do anything about it he doesn't give a shit because he knows he's the one that did it he just went right back to class the resulting investigation revealed that the student in the stall uh, go had died his throat had been cut and he had been stabbed in the neck and face uh, JG was a 14 year old male in 8th grade who was a friend of Hernandez Police investigators were called to the scene and quickly disco discovered a bloody windbreaker and latex gloves in Hernandez's book bag. In the early evening, Hernandez waived his Miranda rights and confessed to the murder of JG. According to his videotaped confession and the evidence omitted at the trial, Hernandez planned for over a week to murder both JG and another male student named uh, uh, called AM. He was uh, 13 years old. Now, regarding the murder of J.G. on February 3rd, 2004, Hernandez first convinced J.G. to join him in the bathroom. Hernandez normally did not wear a hat or a jacket. Now, once inside the bathroom that morning, however, he donned a hat, jacket, and latex gloves. Hernandez later explained that the hat was intended to keep hair follicles from falling on the crime scene. So that's how deep this kid is into true crimes, into criminalistic behavior, into murder. He's so deep in it that he knows to keep a hat on to avoid hair follicles. At 14, that's just absurd. Uh, the, the jacket could easily be removed and hidden, and it was intended to keep the blood off of his shirt, and the gloves were intended to prevent palm prints and fingerprints. And he knows all of this at the age of 14. That's where you have to be like, what the fuck? He went on to coax JG into the handicapped stall. So they're in a bathroom stall together. He, he turns JG so that he's facing away from him. He draws a gravity knife with a four inch serrated blade from his right front pocket. And as JG began to protest, Hernandez placed his left hand over JG's mouth. At some point, uh, JG pushed the edge of the knife away with his right hand, opening wounds in the pads of his index finger, of his index and middle fingers. Hernandez made several cuts across JG's throat from left to right, finally making an incision uh, four to five feet long that opened JG's windpipe and several, uh, severed both jugular veins. To determine if JG was alive, Hernandez poked the knife into his face and scalp. When he finally checked JG's eyes and they were motionless, he flushed one pair of the latex gloves down the toilet and put on another pair. He washed off his hands, jacket, and face. So the kid knew what he was doing. He had this planned. 
so planned that not only was he going to kill this kid, he was trying to kill another kid the day before. The day before, he went through with the exact same plan, but the kid didn't go in the stall with him. Hernandez also went on to confess that he tried to kill A.M. the day before. Hernandez explained that February 2nd, 2004, he had lured A.M. into the same second-floor bathroom. But the 13-year-old balked at entering the stall. Regarding this plan, Hernandez said, and detectives question him, and they say, what were your intentions yesterday? And Hernandez said, my intentions yesterday were to kill A.M. the same way I killed J.G., Today, except for the fact that I was going to stab him in the back and stab here, and that would have been it. According to Dr. Stephen Hodge, or Hogue, the defense psychiatrist, Hernandez killed, uh, decided to kill J.G. and A.M. because they knew he intended to kill others when he turned 18. So these are two of his close friends who are, who are aware that he's going to commit murders when he gets older. And he's like, well, you guys should be the first ones to die. Like, what in the fuck? At 14. Now, shortly after confessing, Hernandez was, was indicted on first-degree murder and attempted first-degree murder. On the day before the murder of J.G., Hernandez convinced A.M. to follow him into the same upstairs bathroom where he later killed J.G. And once inside, Hernandez entered a handicapped stall. He had put on a jacket, placed on a hat and put on gloves, and he was repeatedly insisting that A.M. join him in the stall. All of these actions, Hernandez himself identified as the steps he had planned to take in order to accomplish the murders. These actions were the same steps that Hernandez took the day that he did complete a murder. These steps went beyond mere planning and preparation. The chain of events had progressed to the point where Hernandez was only a few seconds and a few feet away from committing the crime. Based on these facts and Hernandez's statements that his intention was to kill A.M. that morning, the jury could infer beyond a reasonable doubt that Hernandez would have murdered A.M. February 2nd, if not for the refusal of A.M. to enter the stall. Sufficient evidence, therefore, supports Hernandez's conviction of attempted first-degree murder. So the kid's obsessed with some sort of... Like, he has free will to watch entertainment, and... And that influences him to do something like this. Whatever that may be, can't be specified, but it's certainly something. I mean, we hear about these serial killers that are obsessed with movies like The Collector. And it's like, dude, how can you not bridge that gap between reality and entertainment or fiction? Certainly fiction. I mean, it's, it's disappointing that this happens. It's certainly a tragedy, but I think it can be avoided. Because it's not, it's not taking your kids away from these things. It's simply paying attention to them as it's in use. You don't let them go and pick out whatever movie they want from your collection. Right? Because you don't know what it's going to be. And you don't know how it's going to affect them. If you pay enough attention, you can be the one that's controlling that. And making sure something like this doesn't happen. I mean, for the kid to somehow acquire a jacket, an extra hat, and latex gloves, as well as this giant blade, that is just bad parenting. That's somebody not paying attention. How did he get that stuff? How did he get it in school? And how did it go unnoticed until somebody was, was murdered? I mean, was his attitude not... Right? Could you not read the attitude of your kid and maybe feel like he's up to no good? 
or he might be up to no good. It's just bad parenting. Pay attention. Because the kid had an obsession with entertainment that was violent. And he carried out some very violent shit. And is this one of those kids that you could say, oh, because he was convicted before he was 18, that he should have a chance to be paroled? I don't think so, okay? I just don't think so. I don't think you get to kill somebody at any age and be free again. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, manslaughter, maybe. Accidental death, maybe. But fucking murder? You cut somebody's throat in the bathroom of your school? You ain't coming home ever. You're in home. Be happy that you didn't get put to death. Because more often than not, that's what's going to take place. If you weren't so young, right? They're coming for your head. It's a child killing a child. It's absurd. But this is one of those cases where they certainly point out all of the, the history. Like he was writing in these journals, discussing this in paper form. Where a vigilant parent could have easily went into this kid's room went through the journal and saw this stuff and stopped it before it ever had a chance to blossom into what it was. There were signs, okay? And you're just not paying attention if you didn't catch these signs because of what he was into. You could, you could see what he was writing in his damn journal. Just a few of those lists would make any normal parent get concerned, right? They're just letting him run amok. They're going to find themselves into some things that they shouldn't be. And that's how kids go missing and all the all the bad things that just it circles back to just being a bad parent. But yeah, this is uh, Michael Hernandez, a very interesting case, very sad case, like to, to know that you almost had two murders at this school and to know that this is one of the main reasons that this area has any national exposure is because of a murder that's just so crazy to think but it is not uncommon this is something that goes on in our world and uh this isn't the first time we've heard of somebody blaming entertainment for the reason that they took action in a very violent manner and it's not going to be the last so michael hernandez the 14 year old uh movie lover murderer just bizarre so this has been Murder Avenue, Michael Michael Hernandez. You know, he's got a name common to, like, Aaron Hernandez. But this guy took a life at such a young age. What a just horrible thing. I mean, can we only blame? Uh, is it even right to blame entertainment? I feel like there's much more going on behind the scenes. But thank you so much for tuning in. Goodbye. Hey everybody, if you enjoyed that Murder Avenue episode, please don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening, leave a five-star review, tell a friend, tell a dog, tell a grandmother, it doesn't matter. Just push the show. 
let people know what you're listening to and let you enjoy the true crime that goes on in this podcast and uh, all of those things. Support the show by visiting patreon.com slash podculture. All of these links in the episode description. Thank you once again for being a fan of the podcast. 